Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. And that is the sounds of uh, Daniel Medvedev moving on through to the final on Sunday of the men's competition at the Australian Open. He'll run straight into uh, what could be considered an immovable force, Rafael Nadal, who took care of business against Matteo Berrettini earlier today from the Australian Open. So uh, let us know your thoughts as we're about to uh, talk it and a whole lot more with Jed Zetzer from the first serve team on SEN. 0433981116. Are you... you Confident with Ash up uh, in the women's final on Saturday? And uh, who are you leaning towards for the men's final on Sunday as well? John from North Melbourne, for his part, saying uh, if Akirios wins the doubles, he will be a major winner. I am barracking for the battlers. They won't tank or give up. Go Ebden Purcell. That's John in North Melbourne uh, on the uh, M&M's side of things. So uh, we'll talk that and a whole lot more uh, from the Australian Open. And lucky for us, we've got one of the best around, to our join us and help us through the results and the upcoming matches from the first serve team on SEN. We're joined by Jed Zetzer. G'day, mate. Thank you, mate. Thanks for having me. I was uh, thoroughly enjoying listening to Robbie and BP call tonight's match. It was, uh, it was pretty elite. Mate, it is such an art form to, I mean, calling any live sport on radio, but to call tennis on radio, I mean, I, I really noticed it today, funnily enough, watching a little bit of the TV action and then switching back to the radio, just how much more work the boys and girls are doing uh, as part of the tennis coverage, aren't they? Yeah, oh, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's one of the hardest sports to call on radio, ball by ball. It's mm. just so quick the way it unfolds. Uh, Jenny Drummond's been unbelievable, Lou Planning. Uh, Mark Woodford, BP, Jordan Canellis, tonight Rob Koenig. It's just been an unbelievable commentary team. Like, just absolutely incredible. And Sam Stoza joins us for tonight's action. So wow. it just gets even better. Yeah, that is awesome. Uh, thank you for the time once again, Jed. But uh, off the top, from myself, it feels like a bit of a dumb thing to say that there's so much going on, but there is so much going on at the Australian Open. Let's begin with the men's semifinals today. It feels like we witnessed across uh, both the players who have emerged uh, that had just a little bit more, you know, class and also um, fitness maybe in reserve. As firstly, we saw Rafa get uh, the opportunity to move on to 21 titles as he defeated Matteo Berrettini. Yeah, look, this was a uh, this was vintage Rafa Nadal, especially <laughs> for those first two sets. He was just... He was relentless. I mean, it was clear going into the match he was going to need to go through Berrettini's backhand if he was going to win. But just the way he did it, he almost, he'd even throw in a couple slower balls uh, to Berrettini's backhand, knowing that he'd get sort of a bit more pace. He'd sort of offer Berrettini the opportunity to develop a bit more pace on that backhand. And then he'd just rip it down the other way. He was just crazy good Nadal today. Uh, the form Berrettini's been in has been strong. So we can't underestimate just how impressive today's win was from Rafa. Is that sort of the edge? You know, I sort of alluded to um, my sort of uneducated view of perhaps, you know, just those players that have a little bit more, you know, class and also in reserve. Is it sort of the strategy as well that Rafa had that in mind uh, of what he was going to need to do to defeat Berrettini? Uh, have we seen that sort of difference as he's more of the wily veteran around the place or is that just, you know, the standardised sort of strategy ahead of, uh, you know, a semi final in a Grand Slam? Well, I mean, you look at how Rafa's played against Federer. Whenever they play, he's always sort of gone for that backhand. Sometimes it's worked. Sometimes it, sometimes it hasn't worked. 
it was clear Berrettini was hitting his forehand so well all week. He's been serving down bombs. You know, if you look at this tournament in isolation, as well as, you know, his general career, it is clear that the backhand is the link. And that doesn't mean his backhand's bad. It's still better than most. It's just in comparison to his other shots, it's clearly his weakness. Um, And Nadal would have gone into that match 100%. That was the plan. Target the backhand. Uh, try change up the pace so he struggles to, you know, you know, get the backhands back in. If you look at the stats, Berrettini at one point in the match had, had, had hit 36 errors on the backhand side and one winner. So it was, it was, it was quite obvious. It was blatant, but it worked and uh, amazing win for Rafa. Well, we've got ourselves perhaps the final uh, we may have expected in the men's draw, Nadal versus Medvedev. This next match felt like it was on a bit of a build across the first two sets before the uh, Russian, Daniel Medvedev, uh, said thanks for playing uh, to Stefanos Tsitsipas and slice through the final two sets to win uh, in a four-setter. Yeah, this one was... A, I found this one of the more bizarre and interesting matches of the tournament so far. Uh, the first set was very topsy-turvy. I, I, you sort of always felt like Medvedev would win it, but it just, he never had that break. And then you look at, you know, went to a tie break and Tsitsipas just raced away to a 4-1 lead. And then I thought, all right, well, you know, Stefanos has had the perfect start here. Medvedev then won six of the next seven points, won the first set tiebreaker. And to be honest, I thought, well, that's it. You know, that mm. was that was Tsitsipas's chance. Uh, that, that would be it. But it wasn't. Uh, he won the next set, but then he lost. And it was just a bizarre match, really. Should be a cracker of a final on Sunday, mate. Uh, Rafael Nadal taking on Daniel Medvedev. Uh, which way are you leaning? Oh, this is so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. I'm, I, my pre-tournament tip was Medvedev. So I'm going to have to stick with it, and I'm leaning towards Medvedev. But it's it's pretty cool that the result either way is going to be amazing. You're either going to get Rafa breaking the record and hitting 21 slams, or, you're going to, or we're going to see a brand new world number one in Daniil Medvedev and a now two-time slam winner. So either way, we're going to get an amazing story out of it. Uh, I sort of want Nadal to win because I don't think he'll have many more opportunities like this to win a slam. But at the same time, it would be very nice to get a new world number one. Well, on Saturday, uh, Ash Barty takes on Danielle Collins. Uh, history on the line, already first Australian player into the final in 42 years and could be the first Australian woman to win the Australian Open in 44 years, is it? Yeah, oh, it's been a while. It's certainly <laughs> been a while. Uh, this is, I, I'm honestly a little bit sort of, I feel like it's been underplayed a little bit in Australia. We have got an Australian Open finalist. Like this is, it's been so long. It's, it's, it's just crazy. And you know what? Ash has been, she's been scarily good to the point where yeah. like you're sort of just waiting for something to happen that, you know, we don't want to happen because it hasn't happened yet. Um, and I just hope it doesn't happen at all. But <laughs> Ash has been, Ash has been ridiculous. She's dropped no more than four games in any set that she's played this tournament, you know, to, to win in that quarterfinal, uh, six love. Uh, she won two in love, and then in the semi-final, three and one. You know the way she started the tournament, um, love and one, and I think love and love. You know all these just absolute obliterations. Really, it, the 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 five fastest matches of the tournament have all been Ash Barty wins. Wow. It's just it's it's we're also, we're almost in uncharted territory with the way she's played. Five fastest matches at the tournament. This, but this, 
time around have all been Ash Barty wins. Is that right? Yeah, that is wow, correct. That the, is five, the five, the five <laughs> shortest matches have all been Barty wins. That is a stat and a half, isn't it? Uh, Ash Barty uh, defeats Madison Keys to make it through to the final. Her opponent in the final will be Danielle Collins, who defeated the very impressive Iga Swiatek uh, to move through. So Danielle herself in some pretty great form, and this should be a tremendous match. It should be. It should be. I am firmly, firmly tipping Ash here. However, it's probably sort of like that one player who you didn't want her to play in the oh, final. Right. Um just because Danielle Collins is the type, she's she's got this strut to her that she doesn't get intimidated by Ash. Um, if you look at the players Ash has played this tournament so far, each and every one of them has clearly just been completely intimidated by her on the court. Mm. They've played some of their, you know, and this is this is as a result of how well Ash is playing, but they've played, pro, like Madison Keys, that was her worst match of the summer against Barty. Jessica Pagula, clearly her worst match against Barty. I mean, that is obviously as a result of the way that Ash plays and you just can't get past her and she gets in your head and you just you just can't hit winners past her. But Danielle Collins is the type of player that she won't let that get to her. She's quite fierce and aggressive on the court. I'm not saying she's going to win, but I think this is going to be the biggest challenge Ash will have faced the whole tournament for sure. Has Danielle um, won any uh, slams before or is she... Taking quite a this few. This is her first slam final. Right. Her first slam final. Okay. And yeah, as you say, the uh, sort of temperament is uh, pretty good for something like that. Not going to be overawed as she uh, yeah hasn't been intimidated by Ash, as you've said so many have been already this uh, past fortnight. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing with Danielle Collins, she's she beat Ash last year in Adelaide, and the time before that they met, she lost in a third set tiebreaker. So. She's clearly, you know, she clearly rates her chances against Ash. She's actually probably, yeah, not a great matchup for Ash, to be honest. Um, but this slice backhand from Ash has been the biggest talking point this whole tournament because it's just, it's really just beating everyone. I mean, players don't know what to do with it. And especially, I think she's using it the best she ever has. It's always been her number one shot. It's been her signature shot, but... She's sort of almost taken it to the next level, this tournament, and the players just haven't been able to deal with it. And who knows, will Danielle Collins be able to deal with it? We'll wait and see. Oh, it's a great weekend coming up. Uh, let's uh, talk something that happened today to the mixed doubles final. Unfortunately, the Aussie team of Aforce and Kubler unable to get past the fifth seeds in the final going down in straight sets. But still, what a fortnight to make the final. Just unbelievable. And it's a great story. Jamie Fawless, she sort of broke out onto the scene as a teenager I remember watching her a couple of years ago at the wild card playoff where she actually won the wild card playoff, got herself a wild card into the main draw of the Australian Open. She was 17 years old. They were tipping her as the next big thing for Australian women's tennis. And she's just had a horrid run with injuries the last couple of years, especially since COVID hit, she's barely played any pro level tennis. So uh, it's an amazing, it's an amazing story to see her go that far. And Jason Kubler will, we do remember a couple of years back when he was almost, you know, he, firstly, his career started as, you know, a world number one junior. We remember him as a 16-year-old getting a wild card into the Australian Open main draw. He then, you know, reached these great heights as a junior, was then so badly injured with his knees that doctors told him not to play again. And then he decided to play again, cracked the world's top 100, and since then has sort of struggled once again with injuries. So this is just amazing to see both of these people 
make the final. Just an amazing story. Wow, that's a lineup of uh, yeah, two pretty amazing stories together in a team, and uh, yeah, it would have been over the top if they uh, got the final win. But uh, certainly something to build on from there. Uh, Dylan Alcott, he's had himself a week Australian of the Year for 2022. He was chasing his eighth straight Australian Open title, but it wasn't to be as the Dutchman Sam Schroeder got the win. A great game and a great time of tributes being paid to Dylan as well. Absolutely. Well, he's just he's an absolute legend. First. First of all, full stop, and then you can add in that he's a legend of the sport as well. Mm. I mean, it's it's just incredible what he's done. Um, you know, you look you look at the stories that we've seen over the years. This one has to be up there. It's just it's incredible what he's done for his community. And I mean, he didn't win, but it doesn't matter because he's won so much. And it, it sort of wasn't even you know, especially winning the Australian of the Year. He won his semi final and then flew to Canberra. You know, picked up Australian. <laughs> You know, we couldn't have we couldn't have possibly really like let's be honest, we couldn't have possibly expected him to then go on and win the final. As good as he is, is he is the goat. But yeah. you know, if he if he were to have won that, that would have just been if if it's even possible, if there's a word for something better than a goat, that that's what he would have been. But he yeah, just amazing, amazing. Could have uh, possibly yeah topped off uh, the you know golden slam from last year to uh, be Australian of the year and also a uh, slam winner in the one week. But the thing that I loved uh, at the most out of the uh, quad wheelchair singles and it might not it might be across uh, all of it as I don't get the opportunity to catch a lot of uh, wheelchair tennis, but the respect between the players and uh, also you mm. know, after the game and also some of the you know statements that have come out about each other when you compare it to you know say i know curios is always going to be that sort of a case with those sorts of things but some of the you know language that gets used around him uh, is that level of uh, respect known in wheelchair tennis is that a thing that's normal or is that you know something that we've seen with this group of players especially well i'll i'll, I'll sort of I, I, pr- I probably shouldn't reveal this but i've seen the interactions between the wheelchair players sort of under the tunnel under Rod Labour when I've been running to and from the bunker this week and they all just have an amazing relationship with each other. I mean, I saw Dylan um, chatting with the two Dutch guys, Schroeder and Vink, and they were all, you know, they're all, they're all mates, you know, they're not, yes, they're competitors, but they're not, they're not, you know, rivals, if that makes sense. Yeah. They're, they're rivals on the court, but they don't, they don't have this like, off-court rivalry they're just really good mates and that's just a sign of an amazing culture really um and that wouldn't be possible without Dylan um so it's just you know the culture that he that he's built is unbelievable they're all you know such close such close mates and they're all just competing at the end of the day and it's just amazing to see what he's built there because it does come across of the, you know, look at what we're doing. How good is this? You know, like we're being watched uh, playing our sport of choice and uh, getting the, you know, to be the front runners for our, you know, our, our sport, our discipline of the sport. And also, you know, our, our people that are in the similar situation. I just, I can't be any higher on it. I just love it. Yeah, no, I, I, look, I completely agree. I completely agree. It's, it's, it's the way, and it's not just doing, you know, there's another Aussie Heath Davidson who's, mm who's unbelievable as well. I mean, it's all of them. They all, all these players, it's just, it's special. It's sort of, it's a different feel to other tennis. It's, it's just got this sort of buzz around it, which mm. is, uh, I, I just, I, I thoroughly enjoy watching it. I find it extremely entertaining. Like I, I, I just personally, I sort of look forward to watching it, mm. um, which is, which is amazing because, you know, who knows if I ever would have even, you know, known about it if it wasn't for Dylan Alcott and what he's done for the sport. So, 
it's I, I feel as if he had he had a difficult job, but it's a pretty easy thing to get on the map because of how nice it is to watch. Mm. Yeah, and how how good they are at it as well. It's always edgy your seat sort of stuff, but uh, well wrapped up there, Jed. Uh, the men's doubles finals and all Aussie affair coming up as well. Uh, it certainly caught the imagination of the sporting public. It's fair to say, Special K versus the M and M's. Uh, how's it going to play out? Oh, this is going to be... Uh, I like that you've called them the M&Ms, by the way. I'm hoping that that sort of catches on. <laughs> Don't know if I can claim um, it, but it's going around, yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. This is going to be an absolute ripper. I mean, either way, we're getting an Aussie doubles team champion. So, mate, I'm absolutely stoked for both teams. Um, Nick and Thanasi, they have revolutionised the sport in a fortnight, um, which is just tremendous. And Max and Matt are just such deserving finalists and would be such deserving winners because well there's a, the thing is with both of those guys they just go about their business like there's no rubbish there's no mm. there's nothing on the side it's just two guys who are absolutely determined and focused to win and it's amazing what a partnership they have together they're both tremendous players and some partnerships work some don't they have clicked perfectly I think this is like the second or third tournament they've ever played together um, and one of the others was a quarterfinal at the US Open so they're just they're just one of those two two people who just click so well together so I'm pretty keen for either team to win I, I couldn't really have a preference but yeah it's going to be amazing either way and just to finish, Jed, uh, interested in your thoughts on it, as you have been at the Australian Open uh, every day, and not that there is a grade handed out to the Open when it's finished or similar, but as far as the Open has gone for Australia, the country, and where it started with uh, all the unpleasantness, I think that uh, gets a tick. And then as far as the tennis goes for Australia, you know, performance-based-wise, I think you give that a tick as well. What do you think, Jed? No, absolutely. This has been one of the best Australian Opens, I think, in quite a few decades, really, from an Australian point of view. We've got Ash in the final. Hopefully she wins. We've had a mixed doubles finalist. We're going to have men's doubles winners. Uh, if you even look at the juniors, we had, you know, Charlotte Kempenar's pokes make the semis on the girls' side, and then they also made the semis uh, on the girls' doubles side. So we've had so many Australians go so deep, and it's sort of the first week was good. We had, like, the stories of Maddie Inglis and Chris O'Connell um, you know, we had Thanasi Kokonakis leading into the tournament. We had all these stories. And then the second week has just sort of seen it elevate to another level where we've just, we've sort of been hanging on to a, a couple of Aussies who have actually all just ended up going the whole way, which has just been amazing to see. Fantastic, Jed. Uh, I've been loving following along with your writing of uh, the day's recaps and all the matches. We really appreciate the time once again on the program. Uh, enjoy the finals coming up over the weekend. Thank you so much, mate. Uh, thanks once again for having me on, and I look forward to chatting to you soon. That's Jed Zetzer, part of the first serve team here at SEN and uh, at the Australian Open every day and uh, been loving it and uh, doing a great job of uh, wrapping it all up for us. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.